podcast, we have an absolute belter of a one uh, ready for you this evening. Uh, Davey, how are you? Not too bad, no, Adrian. Can't complain. Kept all good. No, looking forward to this one this evening. Is that a monster hoodie you have on? You must be trying to up your game a bit because with Angela Downey on, trying to make yourself feel like <laughs> that you can be on the same platform as her. It, act- it actually is, yeah. Monster GA, though, so it's, yeah, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> Listen, the Kogi Association, I suppose we're recording this a week in advance, had a statement out at the weekend, so they've finally broken their silence. But Yeah, you're, uh, you're not too happy with it, Henry. <laughs> <it's like, laughs> no, I'm not too happy there. with it. It's, it stinks of something that they wrote themselves, to be honest. I just think it's very much uh, propaganda. It hasn't really addressed any of the issues. And one blatant statement in it that said that uh, the new rule changes really let the Ireland final flow this year. And I suppose the rule changes didn't come in until January completely overlooked the shambles of the National League and <laughs> everything. So, look, yeah, it was poor, but draw it. We forget about the negativity for the league because we have absolute belter by lineup. So, we'll just get him in. Let's go for it. Excellent. And Katie Power, welcome, firstly, and I suppose all Ireland winner with both Kilkenny and Piltown. Um, four Ashburn Cups to your name as well. Um, multiple All-Stars. Uh, career highlight has to be playing centre forward for our own um, all-star co- Monday morning coffee break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> a star-studded team, in fairness. It is a star-studded team, but I suppose it, like, the criteria was available and willing to actually do it for us. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we haven't taken the good out of that now. Yeah, we are a small bit, Angela. Yeah, we are a small bit. It was literally who's willing to do this. But I just, know. It turned out to be an unbelievable team. Though. You wouldn't mind crossing the white line, but I know, in fairness. you fairly That'd be fairly good, all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nearly as good as the team and uh, recruited down in WIT the year. Nearly, nearly like a fantasy team as well. I <laughs> oh, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Dead. I'm going, to, I'm going to have to take a deep breath to introduce you, Angela. Like, where do we start? So, 12 World Ireland medals, three as a captain, including the one for the seven in a row, six Club World Ireland titles of St. Paul's. We think 22 county medals. Is that the right yeah. number? 22 I county titles. So. Then Paul's analyst, Tony, you've been recently voted alongside DJ Carey and Willie Mullins as Kikini's greatest ever sports person. And Katie here refers to you as the Queen. So there's an introduction. So Angela Downey, welcome. We're delighted to have you. Thanks, Adrian. Angela, I suppose, starting off, like when, when we were kind of doing a small bit of research, like something jumped out on the page. Um, and I just kind of refer back to a, a kind of statement from Alex Ferguson. Um, he was told he'd win nothing with kids. Um, and I suppose when we were kind of having a, a gander and a look around, we kind of noticed that you had a senior debut at the age of 13. Um, uh, if, if Google says so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I played my first all Ireland when I was 15. Or was it 17? One or the other. Now, I'm not too sure. I can't remember yesterday now, boys. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's not today or yesterday anyway, that's for sure. No. And I yeah. wouldn't be allowed to play today yeah, at the age no. I was then. I do know that for a fact. Yeah, but that, that's just phenomenal. Like, it's, again, I, it, it was probably a small bit different times, but it, it's still unrecognisable. Like, not, nothing will ever happen like that again. Like, that's, it's a phenomenal achievement, first of all, for starting your inter-county career at the age of 13. Like, you well, weren't even on the on the 14s at 13, Davey. <laughs> my father was involved as well, I suppose, helped, and he had been a hurler, so I suppose, I don't know, if you're, if you're good enough, you're young enough, you're young enough, you're good enough, whatever, what way they say it. Yeah. You know, 
13 is still bad or no fatter. I don't think he, I don't think the record you have he could be accused of nepotism somehow. I don't think there was any favoritism there, Angela. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was I was always I was always uh, Shem Downey's daughter. Yeah. And in latter years then we used to kind of say, well, this is daddy, um, he's Angela Downey's father, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you one thing, we, we, my father has greyhounds and we, we grew up around the course and scene and, and the dog tracks and stuff like that. And he used to always refer to your in-laws as, as Angela Downey's in-laws. That's what they were known as in Limerick. Oh, so okay. your, yes, your fame yes. spread, across the, spread across the county. But yes, look, you, you mentioned know the ground, so you do. Ah, uh, we do, sure, yeah. I'd say we probably took money off them over the years. And they I took was money just about to say it. Yeah. <laughs> did you take it from them or did he hand it over to you? What way you know, it you know yourself now. It kind of breaks even, Angela, doesn't it? Uh, like, yeah, you, know, you never yeah. win or lose in that game, you know, you know yeah. yourself. But. Millionaire today and a pauper tomorrow. Mugs <laughs> game. Yeah, Mugs game. <laughs> That's why we're involved in it. <laughs> All the best <laughs> people are involved in Greyhounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. The salt of the earth. Now, quote unquote. The hardiest anyway, you'd want to be to be going up a course and field in November. Absolutely. In well, I know Ted Brown got out of bed every Saturday and Sunday faster than he ever got out of it any day to school. That's for sure. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and you couldn't be late for course, but it didn't matter whether you were late for school. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I suppose you said there, Angela, Shem Downey's daughters, like, obviously he didn't lick it off the stones, so... Like, how, how aware of you, as you said there, growing up, like, of how big, a, I suppose, a, a name Shem was in the, in the hurling world in Kikini? Oh, sure. Listen, there were different times, I suppose, you know. Um, there, wasn't, there was no social media. There was very, very little else going on other than the GAA. And all we ever wanted to do was to be involved, you know, uh, and emulate some of the horrors we'd seen, some of the Camogie players. Um, everything revolved around the game really you know if we weren't if we weren't um playing ourselves we were going to watch somebody else play you know but it was hard enough come over it was always sunday sunday dinner kind of went by the board for many the year because you know it was clashing with come or clashing with hurling and um it was our life really as i say everything revolved around it um from work college marriage babies Holidays, everything, you know. I have I have a young lad that gave out to me when he was in in his last year in Cairns, that um, he was over age. The year before, I think they brought in whatever age they brought in, and he said, "It's all your fault, ma." He said, "Because you got pregnant at the wrong time." And I said, "Listen here, by I said you're lucky you're here at all." I said, "Katie has to wait for seven in a row before she arrives, so you're lucky you're here at all." I know if he was a greyhound, no, Angela, he'd have waited a couple of months before he left and looked at him. He'd yes, be the right yes. side of it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but Angela, so again, back to the start of your, your inter-county career, like what was the interest levels in Camogie like in, in Kilkenny? Because I don't think they have were in an All-Ireland final before that. Um, so just how well were you looked after in, the, in that setup? Well, in fairness, um, Paddy Grace would have been the secretary at the time in the GAA. And I must say now he was top class. Anything we wanted, we, we got into Nolan Park like when it was unheard of to get into Nolan Park when we come up to an All Ireland. And we always went um, up on the train and he made sure that was paid for and we stayed up. And, you know, he, he really did. There wasn't an awful lot of money in Kamoki. But um, I must say, um, when we came back, there was always uh, civic reception and the lorry was always brought out and it would stop en route down along. You know, it always stopped in Bellaragate and stopped wherever people were involved, you know, en route that I must say now, I can't say a bad word about them. They were always, gave us 100%. Yeah, 
That you, that's excellent to hear because even even a couple of weeks ago when we did the podcast with the with the two Limerick girls, like there was stories there, and again they're still struggling to get into into that IT get at grounds. And yeah. going back then, like it it might be something small, but it it, it actually isn't. It's something big that it's kind of treated near enough to similar as to as to hurling and it, it's great to hear that back then you were treated so well I must say um but i suppose like even with the club itself in st paul's you started to win them um, all Ireland titles in in the 60s uh, you went on to win six club all Ireland titles with them um i suppose did that comfort or did that give you confidence to push on and bring bring that winning mentality in with kilkenny Oh, it did, of course, but there was only 12 aside at that stage. So um, the bulk of the county team would have been made up of, of St. Paul's players. I remember the first right. one of the first um, games that we played, as I say now, this is not today or yesterday, and we had the big old gym slips, and we had to pin them up with pins because they were too long, you know, to try and put the blood thing on. And um, all those girls, the like of Osher, I won't start naming names now because I'm going to leave out somebody. All of those would have been been um, playing with St. Paul. So just, just really, there was very little transition, if you know what I mean, from right. club to county because you were surrounded by the same, you know, if there, was, if there was two or three others out of the 12 from other counties or other clubs rather, that was, that was a lot, you know. It, in latter years then, of course, um, a few more clubs became involved when St. Paul's disbanded. St. Paul's were basically, I suppose, a city-based team um, comprising, say, country girls. There was no club in Valley Ragged. There was no club in Clara. There was no club in, you know, lots of the small outlying parishes. So um, those girls wanted to play Camogie. So, you know, Mary Conway um, would have been involved heavily. Newly Duncan, those people... Um, Easy Brennan getting the club going and keeping it going, you know. Uh, that's why disbanditure because there was no, you know, there was no juveniles coming up. It was, you know, once we finished, that was it, like. Right, and then then you went on with Listowney and one more one more titles with Listowney as well. Yeah, well, that was that was special in ways. Again, uh, to be eligible to play county, you had to be um, obviously a club player. So uh, Listowney is the next club up the, the road. Um, now, it's different with Hurling, Ballaragut, Hurling, and it's down in Hurling now, they're red rags to bull, but there was no there was no Camogie team in Ballaragut, so it was only natural, I suppose, that we would play the run a mile, mile and a half up the road, you know? And, um, must say... Scramble, was there a scramble on the transfer market for yourself and Anne, ourself and Anne, no, in the... When no, the, when no, 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 there was no debate, <laughs> no debate, we were always kind of going to go to... Well, Anne was living in Ballaragut and still lives in Ballaragut, so I was in town at the time in Kilkenny. So, um, it was, you know, foregone conclusion kind of thing that if we wanted to play, it was Liz Downley. There was no, yeah. no other club came into the reckoning, you know. I suppose, yeah, it wasn't, I suppose it wasn't long then until Anne uh, joined you on the county panel and you went on an incredible run. It's, a, it's an amazing stat that every one of Kilkenny's All Ireland titles, you've had a hand in it either as a player or, or part of the management, which is a phenomenal. Um, phenomenal stat. Twice yourself and Anne were joint players of the year, which is a, a very unique thing to happen. Um, and five times you were captain of Kilkenny, um, including, the, I suppose, again, a, a unique thing that you went back to back in 1889. So you had twin twin sisters being the captains of the Ireland winning teams two years in a row, which is a fairly phenomenal thing. 
like you've had an incredible career, but I suppose it must make it just that extra bit special that you're able to go every step of the way with Anne as well, I suppose, as your twin sister. Absolutely. Um, the first year, I think, was the only year that we kind of weren't together. And Anne would have played them when she came on. She would have played um, centre of the field or in the back line. But she was, she was really um, the powerhouse of that team. You know, all I had to do was finish the ball. The, she knew what kind of a ball. They all knew what kind of a ball I liked because I was sick roaring at them, you know. And we, I suppose playing together for so long, we had a little bit of telepathy between us and she knew where I'd be and I knew, you know, um, as I say, she was she was um, a real powerhouse of that team and didn't get the credit I thought throughout the years that I would have got. As I said, it's always it's always the forward gets the player of the game or, you know. And Davey's um, smiling because he knows well. I've coached a few teams now where Davey didn't do a whole pile and came up with a lot of credit as well. Yeah. That's, why, that's why he's smiling up there in the corner. You know as well what you're talking about. <laughs> and right and rightly so, I think I think so, Angela. That's the only thing. Um, defenders might keep you in the game, but I think Fards will win the game for you. Jesus. Well, I suppose well, if you don't if you don't get the ball, you can't do, you know, you can't finish if you don't get it delivered exactly. and somebody has to deliver it. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I suppose within that dominance, like you, I think you won seven All Irelands in a row of between eighty-five and ninety-one, and like I'm hoping to get a bit of insight from we say the mentality of you. Like, how did you keep coming back and wanting more, wanting to keep striving to be the best you can be, or how, how what motivation had you? Well, I suppose success breeds success, and um, it was just as I said, everybody, everybody was there was very few distractions, you know, and we were all in it. Uh, you know, to get the most out of it, we had great mentors around us. Tom Ryan would have been around at that time, and Tom, in fairness to him, would have finished his day's work with the council and would come up to training in his Wellingtons and would take training and, you know, drive it on, you know, drive it on, drive it on, and uh, next goal wins. And, you know, very simple. There was no strength and conditioning. There was no, as I often say to, the, to Brida when I'd be looking at the girls and all the training that the modern people are doing. I, how did we ever win in All-Ireland? Because all we ever did was uh, a few sprints. Uh, we had a small little hill, depending on where we were, whether it was out in James Fort or whether it was in Kieran's College that we used to run up, and laps. That was it, like, you know? And I suppose we did a lot of ball work, and we always played a game. You know, we always played backs and forwards. We always played games, and... Backs would be forwards and forwards would be backs. And, um, you know, we just, as I said, they just we were lucky, I suppose. We had a very gifted team as well, you know. And when one person went off, somebody else as good kind of came in, you know. And we had a few lucky breaks, I suppose, along the way. Cork, I know, the first All-Ireland I played in was against Cork and they beat us. And the last All-Ireland I played diabetes and in between there was many a car player you know shed a tear because <laughs> the games, but they were close you know they were close mm. but i don't they know weren't, they weren't that I'd close say... angela we have we have a stat here that the seven in a row team you won the final by an average of eight points okay yeah i think you're underselling yourselves a small bit here i think yeah. you were fairly yeah. dominant uh, at the time yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, it was a different ball game then, you know, as I, I, when I look back and see some of the footage, uh, it was kind of like a chicken run, really. You know, the cows. <laughs> <laughs> how they, how they, they didn't have a bigger pitch earlier, I do not know. But anyway, yes, yeah. you're not you're not suggesting that the Camogie Association are not a progressive organisation, Angela. Surely. Oh no, no, no! We better move swiftly on because I think we've, we've gone close to the bone there a few times in the last couple of weeks. So we'll drive on. Um, Katie, you're obviously, or I presume, too young to have any real, I suppose, living memories of of uh, Angela's team, but. When you were starting out as a player, like how aware were you of their legacy and what they've done for Kikini Kamogi? Uh, yeah, so we were definitely too young to ever have seen them hurl, but we were completely in awe of their legacy. Like we would have never seen videos or DVDs or obviously there was no social media back then. So like we, we hadn't even seen clips of them. All we just heard about was this great team, then the Downies and then the more you become involved in Camogie I suppose the more aware you became of how surreal that whole seven in a row was that whole team and then you know when you came in through the county ranks and then like you literally get trained by those people it's crazy like you have so much admiration for them and I think you know the way since Anne came back in in 2016 and Angela and Breda came with her like Anytime any, anybody was interviewed, like Anne wasn't brave enough to, to say that, you know, how much respect we have for the three, three women, like, you know, they help us out in so many ways. So we weren't brought up with it because the majority of the team now are too young to ever have seen them play, but geez, they'd be giving us a bit of an ear bashing about it sometimes about <laughs> geez, how great they were and we've only won and they've about a million so they rub it in they rub it in a nice bit in fairness to them now yeah. you might have won more if you'd have started at 13 instead of 16 so like, you, know, you probably left it a bit late joining the county panel at 16 <laughs> I know yeah jeez it's a mad like but I suppose, Angela, like, um, you won your last title in 94, as you said, you lost in 95, but you probably didn't think, I suppose, walking off the field in 94, that it'd be another 22 years before Kilkenny would win the, the Cove Yard Ireland again. It was probably unimaginable at that time. So. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely. You know, and it's only when you look back, you know, you don't appreciate the things at the time. But that was, now, they were unlucky, one or two All-Irelands, I suppose as well but um god it's a big gap a big gap mm. after being so dominant you know um, and it wasn't that the effort wasn't being put in or that the the talent wasn't there you know just i don't know what went wrong but you certainly would have said it's going to be that 22 years no no mm -hmm. well overdue and i'm lucky not to not to win three in a row you know the girls there, Katie St. Jenny has won, but the effort the girls have put in, I've seen them, you know, in the gym. And as I said, the the, the stuff that they do now is, I tried to do a bit of it myself, but it's absolutely, oh my God, I don't know how. And there was never, ever a complaint out of any of them. Yeah. Never. It was never, never too much. It was never too cold. It was never too wet. It was never too anything. You know, they just got on with it and, and you know, this is what we have to do then we'll go and do it. And in fairness, they did, you know, and as I said, they were so unlucky not to, not to have um, won three in a row, you know, mm. fairness to Galway now last year, I thought they were extra team on the day and 
how they could have been more determined than Kilkenny, I don't know, but they just seem to have that little bit of more of an edge and fire in the belly than Kilkenny did. Mm. But um, certainly the two previous to that, they were very unlucky, very mm. unlucky. I suppose within them, I, them 22 years, like there was talent emerging. It was from underage all the way up. Um, like I'd say in the meantime, I think it was back in 2004, you were picked in the Camogie team of the century and kind of boycotted that ceremony. Can you tell us a small bit about that? Well, the system at the time was, um, I got a letter to say that I had been nominated on the team of the century and that the function was on the 20th, I think it was the 28th of February, whatever, in wherever. Yeah. And um, I kind of met one or two people who also had gotten letters to the same effect they had been nominated and, and got no letter. And from the minute the letter didn't arrive, I said, well, she has as many All-Irelands as I have. She has uh, one more club All-Ireland because I got suspended for one, although I had the medal for it. Um, we missed that in our research. Is that a better story than the one with a better question than the one we just asked? I might be, though. No. Might be. Uh, she played international squash. She played hockey. You know, and as far as I was concerned, she was a much more rounded hurler. You know, did much more work than, as I said, it's easy to put the ball when it's handed to you on the plate. It's easy to finish it off with a hand pass or whatever. So from that minute um, that there was um, no nomination, I said, that's it. I'm not going anywhere. So the whole hoo-ha began then that it wasn't actually a nomination, that it was, I was actually a recipient. So I said, well, why didn't you put that in the letter then? <laughs> if you <laughs> want to nominate, why couldn't you do what all the hurlers do? You nominate three people and mm -hmm. one person gets it. Yeah. So the whole hoo-ha started, as I said, and I just, now some would say it was wrong of me to do it um, and put absolutely no pressure. But, and as I said, it, I'm, I'm, I'm a very indecisive person. If I'm buying uh, a dress, if I'm buying a car, I, you know, I know I'm going with that. No, no, I don't want to change. No, I'm going to go to the Audi. No, I'm going to go with it. Well, I'm going to go with the Jack. Well, Hold on, go, going with the Audi. I was just about to say, Katie, you well, have to sort that whatever, out. Whatever. Well, somebody <laughs> suggested it to me uh, before I ever even drove it. Somebody suggested me, what about a Q3? I said, Q3, never heard of it. And then when I saw it, I said, mm, I like that. And, oh, anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> But decided <laughs> there and then. Uh, is anyone from Audi listening? Uh, give the show there. was well, I don't have it sponsored now like some other people <laughs> who, who are up there in the top right hand corner of my screen. <laughs> I'll try my best to tell her a good one. <laughs> yeah, I might come back to you. You might do better. Anyway, um, I had decided okay, that was it. I wasn't going, and I didn't go. Yeah, I look, you're dead right. I mean, I think. We were talking about this a couple of podcasts ago. Is like these selections, even the All Star. I think the All Star system is completely yeah. flawed. It's just it doesn't give recognition to the players that deserve it. And so, like, I think look, you're obviously it felt right the time to do it, and you stuck with your guns, and it probably gives an insight into why you were so successful that you decided this was this was a slight, and you stuck by it, and that's it. It's probably an insight into the mentality of why you won so much. So, um, yeah, we certainly won't be uh, arguing with you anyway, but. I suppose in the meantime, then look, Anne had had a stint as the Kinney manager. She took over WIT, and I suppose sure enough, the, the winning touch was there again. And Katie ended up with with 
arguably one of the greatest Ashburn teams of all time. We spoke about it, Orson Jacob, on the podcast here, the very first episode. Um, and when you read back through that team, it's like, it's absolutely phenomenal. You, you look at the Kilkenny players, first of all, they had yourself, obviously, a wing forward, uh, Clay Dormer, and Dalton, who is my favourite player, by the way, of all time. Class. Um, Denise Gall and Michelle Quilty. And then outside of Kikini, you had Trish Jackman, Marie O'Neill, Katrina Park, and Ursula Jacob. And that's like, wow, that's phenomenal. That. Yeah, unbelievable. It was, yeah, there was a no, good question, last of us that came in like in the first year. Did you know, I see. This is the question we asked Ursula. I was like, were you all in college at WIT at the same time? Tell the truth. We, no. actually, we actually were. <laughs> no, in fairness, sure, myself and Gall are like the same, like there's only a month or two between us that so we did the leave in the same year. And then, like, Trina Park, same age as us, obviously, Trish Jackman, Duran Fitzgerald from Leash. Like, our freshers team was, oh, I was mental. Like, we had a second <laughs> freshers team, and they were the only team that could, that could put it up to us. Like, <laughs> we were just lucky at the time with the batch that was, like, Colette yeah. Garmer was there already, and Ursula was there. Oh, it was mad. It was, it was some some team and when you look back on it to say like you got to play on that team and we won four we won five in a row I won four mm-hmm. like it was it was deadly sure it's like the UL and now I suppose really like mm. and Ursula, like Ursula had said like draw the importance of it draw just playing with different players and, and the development and stuff like that like you'd already played in an Ireland final just the September before you went to WIT and in, in zero nine. Yeah. Um. But like, what do you think it was important, like, in your development as a player, to play alongside those that quality of players from other counties? Do you think it helped you to get to where you are yeah. today? Definitely. Um. Like, probably going into college, like myself and Gall, like we we probably kind of thought we were half deadly, like after playing in the <laughs> All Ireland. And then, honest to God, now the first year or two at Ashburn, I did not get a fuck on it. Like, I was completely out my depth. And it was only then maybe the maybe come the end of the second year, coming into the third year that I actually felt like Jesus, you know, like it brought us on some load. Like the training was sure it was top class, it was inter county standard because the players that were around you. And uh in fairness, like Helena Jacob was the manager, absolutely unreal. And we had a few class trainers there in between as well. So yeah, it it definitely brought me on as as a huge amount, definitely, yeah. You have to sack your research or so because I thought Anne was the manager from the start. Oh, James, she has enough Oops. going <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's serious. It's, it's so You're important, though. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so important. Um, Angela, I think Anne had already had a stint then with Kilkenny um, as the manager by that time. Um, and I think she lost the 2009 final, if, I was, if I'm correct. Um, but I suppose the question in the research, though, I'm sweating here. But I suppose the talent coming through, we'd say, did that influence your decision to go back and get involved again? Oh, sure. Once Anne was involved and she kind of, oh, she, you know, she asked, would I give a handout? And, you know, you don't say, you don't say no to Anne. <laughs> No, you don't say no to Anne. I don't think and I'd say no to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, they had come close. You know, the talent was there. And, you know, um, it was a shame that they weren't, you know, fulfilling their potential. So, I mean, I didn't do an awful lot, really. I was water woman. And, you know, that was 
I was told to keep my mouth shut. So I remember being down in in, uh, in Pilltown one day. They were playing a league match against uh, Cork, and I don't know what I said to drive it or something. And Anne came up the line and, "Will you shut up?" She said, "You're telling them one thing, and I'm telling them another thing." So I kind of. I've been I've been on the end of that before on the sideline, Angela. It's a scary place to be. Then, yeah, <laughs> after that, I just kept them out and just you know stayed in the background. And I wouldn't say I contributed an awful lot, but as I say, Anne has Anne sleeps, eats, and drinks camogie, hurling. Comes down to me every day for her lunch, and she drives in the back door, and she's on the phone, and she's in, uh, walking around the garden. She's on the phone. Dinner's on the table, she's on the phone. <laughs> Just non-stop. Non-stop. Yeah. How she does it, I do not know. And yeah. how she just loves it. Now, I would, I could walk away from Camogie in the morning and that would be it. Even though it's been so much part of my life. And i go and watch a match and, you know, I wouldn't be bothered other than that. Mm-hmm. It's probably, I don't know why I would be saying that, but that's, you know, whereas she feels you know she's she's a great reader of the game you know she's much more insight she'd even the way a fella be running i'm listening to her now talking about her you look look from the way he walks and his calves are you know he doesn't stand and he's that's why he has this injury and she you know she's she seems to have the whole thing whereas you know even to make a decision as to move a player or people say to me why don't you get involved i wouldn't be able to pick you know i wouldn't have make a decision who move him here no, I wouldn't have a clue. I might suggest, but I'd be shot down quick. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, Katie, like, you had plenty of heartbreak. Obviously, look, you had huge success in WIT, but at the same time, uh, you lost three finals like Kikini, you know, 9, 13, and 14. Like, did, it, did the doubt ever start to creep in that, geez, maybe this just wasn't going to happen for you guys as a group? Um, not really doubt because we are all still real, like we are still very young. Um, back in 2016, she has four years gone out, so like, no, I don't think no doubt definitely didn't. Um, obviously, you're like your confidence wasn't like it wasn't through the roof or anything. And in fairness to Anne, and even like Angela Breda, and let's say the management that came in that year, every training they told us how great we were, every uh, before, after before and after every match, like, they just bled into us. How Like, we knew we were good, but we just couldn't obviously get over the line previous to that. But they just really just put so much faith in us. Love as well. Like, I know that's probably a, a weird word to say, but the way that, like, the three women came in, like, when they would praise you, you would feel like you can, you can walk on air. And... Like, I, I remember, it was about two years ago, and Angela definitely doesn't remember. She's going to die now when I tell, say this. But, like, we were playing semi-final in Turles. Um, and you know the way in Turles you have to warm up in the backfield? So, like, I was I was really nervous. And Angela, I don't know if she noticed I was nervous or whatever, and she came up to me and she was just like, you're wearing my jersey now today like number 11 and like I'd say I had never scored a goal before at Africa Kenny and I definitely haven't scored one after but like just <laughs> something so small like that literally like you, you feel like you're Henry Sheffman like and that's kind of what they brought into the into the setup and like it wasn't just me it was other it was everybody to be honest. I, I think Adrian kind of always 
takes on the negative side. I, I, I try and bring it <laughs> more positive. I, I talk about the, the, the 2016 final. Um, I suppose in the group stage, you were beaten by Galway. But yeah. then you kind of got the revenge come the final. Um, but like that was a classic, classic match. Can you just describe how it felt playing in, in a game like that? It, like it was free scoring. I'll, I'll give you the, the positive there, David. Side. That was the semi final. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the positive. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that. That went to extra time in semi final that year, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so after the final, oh, geez, I like it's undescribable even still, and it's four years ago. And like, even I hate coming back to it because it's in the past as well. Like, we wish so much that we can get another one or you know there's no point in talking about the one the three that we've lost since um but like what Angela said at the start of the podcast there about it's only kind of afterwards that you learn to appreciate appreciate it and don't get me wrong we appreciate it so much at the time but thinking back now I think we were just probably so caught up in the whole 22 years as like on a personal level I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as Maybe I'll never get to enjoy another one again. But if I do, Jesus, I'm going to <laughs> cherish every minute of it. Like, you yeah. know? Was it more of a sense of relief more than anything, I suppose, that the pressure was kind of off after the few defeats and the long, the long time between the last, the last one as well? It was a mix of everything. Relief, literally euphoria after the matches. Like, you see the pictures. And it was very emotional for some people. I think, like... The fact Anne was the last captain and now she was back and she was the manager. There was a lot about that at the time. And we were trying to create kind of like nearly a culture within Kilkenny with like underage. So like we did a huge amount of going around to schools with cough, um, like doing camps and stuff. Just we were trying to build Kilkenny Kamogi like from the underage roots, whereas like when Angela and them were playing, like we don't remember any of that, whereas we wanted to make sure to Kenny Kmogi. I know it sounds corny and everyone says it, but it will be in a better place in a couple of years. Like when Angela and them finished, like it was twenty-two long years since anyone else won, whereas like obviously we don't want that to happen. Um so I think we did get a small bit caught up in trying to do that whereas we could have just maybe enjoyed it a bit more um but you know please god you know we might get that chance some other day but as you said it's an important thing to do for we said the younger younger generation yeah. to help them guide them and see that there is success at the end of the, or the, the, there is a possibility of success at the end of the uh, end of the road like and yeah because if did if you if you didn't do that kind of building from the grassroots again, it's, it's just going to be a harder job without success. Um, I know. So, so. Yeah. Like when we were growing up, like our heroes were all the hurlers because they were always winning and we were always brought to the hurling homecomings and there was never, yeah. like there was never anything like, oh, who's your favourite player? It wasn't a Camogie player, it was a hurler. So like we wanted to kind of make sure that that didn't happen in Kilkenny and you know, like, don't get me wrong, it was brilliant, like, and it, it hopefully will reap the rewards for it, but just on a personal level, like, if I, I wish I enjoyed it a small bit more at the time. Um, It'll be on the days, Katie. 
I suppose the home, the homecoming <laughs> in Kilkenny, you just mentioned homecoming, like that, the homecoming you had that night was absolutely epic. Yeah. It was a huge crowd out and, and everything. And like, it, there was a real sense of feeling that uh, there was a huge amount of goodwill from the, the Kilkenny people, I suppose. What, how much of that do you think, Katie, was the fact that Angela and Anne were involved and, and I suppose the status they had within the county? Was there a lot of the, a lot of the hurling folk were, were just delighted for them that they'd been able to do it as well? Uh, yeah, it probably did have a big factor. Um, and in fairness to the people in Kilkenny, since 2016, like I know we haven't won one since, but like the persona of Camogie is is massive now. Like there's people coming up to you and they'll be like, geez, well done there the weekend, we were watching it, or it was on telly, or if it's in Kilkenny, like they might come in and, and watch it. So definitely since 2016, the profile has risen for the better. Um like the fact Anne and Angela were involved, yeah, like there is extra media and like they're looking at everything when Anne and Angela was there, but like geez, there was actually thousands of people when you think back on it. Like we'd never like we we were generally driving down the bus, we're like, nah, this there must be something else on, like this can't be for us. <laughs> and we were shocked with it now. Um but like even going back to let's say when Angela was talking about the hurling boards at the start of the podcast as well like they are extremely good to us even still like there's no hassle we're always in Nolan Park training whenever we want like obviously we factor it in around the, the lads um like food wise meeting wise whatever we need like they're, they're there and I think the fact that they're so on board with, with us as well like that's why there was such a big, big crowd that night as well and you've uh, having more, of course, the sponsors, good Limerick man, yeah. Brian Feeling, looking after you as well. So we give him another shout out. I was very, very lucky that year. Came in very late at the intermediates. I think they had a lot of the work already done. It's kind of piggy bank on them, on them. But two of the highlights of my coaching career were getting a talk from Brian Cody in the dressing room on Thursday night below in Northern Park before the All Ireland. And they just lost their Ireland final to Tipperary on the Sunday. So Brian was in no mood for nicety. So for a Limerick man to get that insight into what really goes on in Kikini, it was special. But He's at homecoming was absolutely phenomenal. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It felt like a bit of a fraud, to be honest, because it's like it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been on, it shouldn't have been anywhere near it. But it was just absolutely epic. You know, it was something that definitely stick stick in the memory for a long time. Um, yeah. I suppose to go negative again, Davy, as you say, uh, you lost three of the next uh, the next finals. Um, like I suppose for us on the outside, like it would be a shame. The group that you have, the amount of talent. If I suppose you did only end up with one or Ireland, and, like is it something you speak about as a group? Is that a big motivating factor for you to try and to try and get a few more on the board, given the talent that you have? Um, yeah, it is. To be honest, it is very difficult um, because I do do genuinely believe this group is better than one or Ireland. But like you don't know, you don't. It doesn't always work out the way we want and the way we hoped. Um, well, we, we don't, we're trying, like, we don't really dwell too much on it because what's done is done. Look, you know, Galway just, they, they were way better than us. And on the day last year, like, and there's no one on our panel that will say any different. And the two years previous were just hugely frustrating. Like, you'd have so much anger after those games because, you know, like, we couldn't hurl. And then when we could hurl, the decisions. But look, that that's out of our control. So, um to answer your question, we're, we're just not trying not to dwell on it. Try Just try to get the best out of it. If it does go ahead this year, you know, we'll see how things go. It's probably going to be a funny championship for, for every team because mm-hmm. 
you know, like injury-wise, if you start picking up injuries, it's going to be so difficult for any team to, to kind of reach their potential, and especially after a hectic club, like kind of rushed as well. So, you know, this year we're just going back to the basics and, you know, what's done is done. You know, we can't change it, unfortunately, as, as much as we wish we could. And we kind of just want to get away from being known as that team that's after losing so much as well. Just in terms of the modern game, like from our names ourselves with women's hurling, like I think that kind of suggests the way that we think the game of Camogie uh, should go, or, or, or we say in terms of the physicality and the playing rules. But I think, Angela, I've seen an interview, again, I, I don't know where I pulled it from, um, but you were doing um, strength and conditioning work in the 80s and 90s. And we said, like, how did you even get started into that? Because we'd say S&C was probably unheard of, unheard of back then in, in GA and most certainly in Camogie. I don't know really, to be quite honest with you. Um, I just kind of, I would be a morning person, you know, and I like routine. And we used to just get up that bit early and go into the gym and do a bit. And then I used to go on to work and have my breakfast. And, uh, you know, I said, just built it into the routine. And I, I always liked training. I never, you know, you find people that they absolutely hate training, but it was never a chore for me, you know. Um, and I suppose, as I said, once we started, we kind of continued, you know. Yeah. It's interesting, like, I suppose, what you talked about there, the work that the lads are putting in there. Um, Angela, JJ Doyle commented it, I think, in the first episode, under the direct quote, but I think you might have mentioned yourself, Katie, and, and a few more just about from when he was finishing up kind of around the 2012-13 and to where you are now, like, the difference and yeah. the physical makeup of your side. Like, it's, it's clearly something you've gone out of your way to focus on, is it? Um, yeah, like we had, we were just, we were doing kind of diff, something different as well. Like we did have strength and conditioning as well, but um, obviously it was something that we needed to improve on because we were just out of our depth. Like that Wexford team were super. And I remember we played them obviously for a few years and by God, did we get blown out of the water. Same with the Cork ones. Like, and even for, let's say, our stronger players that were really good, like they were just head and shoulders over everyone else. Like. So, yeah, we did put a big emphasis on it. And even though we won a few leagues, it's funny, like, we actually didn't go out on the pitch a whole lot. We we really emphasised, let's say, all our winter training on strength and conditioning and, like, body weight stuff. And then we literally just hurl the league matches the weekend or if there wasn't a league match the weekend, we'd just train on the pitch the weekend. So the way, like, the leagues worked out for us was kind of mad in the sense that with very little hurling done, we were just literally doing the S&C, let's say, all midweek and weren't out on, on a field because we just felt like we would have had enough time to get the hurling in, but maybe not enough. But, yeah, like, the, the makeup of the team, I just... But I think the makeup of every team, because even, like, 2012, if you look back on it, and don't get me wrong, like, Wexford were a serious team, but... Like even like let's say us, the Galways, the Carts now, the Tips, everyone is super fit, the Dublin players. You know, like it, it, there's no difference in my eyes now. Like we train a lot and we put a lot into it, whether it's by ourselves or collectively. So um yeah, it's it's different, all right. A, a good bit different for the better. And I, I do think that it's going to increasingly improve. You're like you'd be wondering where where it's going to stop because I do find it's like you're going 
you're you're training like you, you'll build your life around that she's like, i can't go here now i'm training in the morning or i have to go to bed at a certain time i should do this do that so it's, it's hard it, to see is, where is it's the, going is the phone is the phone going out of it a little bit um not for me anyway because i like i'm like angela i like to train and i'd be mm. I like that as well get up in the morning i'd be happy out to to train away um this year is weird i suppose because everyone is just buzzing to get back but like maybe sometimes there there could be like i think the whole thing of people going back to their clubs has increased the enjoyment um mm. Because when you're with county, it's it's very serious. To be fair, and there's there's no one playing into county at the moment that it's not serious, um, and that's what we're there to do. Like, sure, you know, we wouldn't be there unless we wanted that. But I think the fact that we're all back to the clubs now, the enjoyment levels are definitely a small bit higher. Um, yeah, could you see? Sorry, uh, no, we say the next the next group of players, um, we say when, maybe when you're gone from inter county that that might be, the game might be going too much into professionalism, that it's too much training. Because I think the, the GPA and the WGPA did a report and they said at the moment there's 31 hours a week going into hurling, camogie, um, yeah. into county. Do you think that maybe not us as group players, but the group coming behind us, would, do you think that could be a possibility of going too much into it? Yeah, definitely. Like for hurling and camogie, for anyone in Gaelic games, really, because it does take over your life. Like, and if you're not willing to put in the hours, you're not going to probably reach the levels that are desired to even get on the team. Like, you need to get your gyms in, you need to get your runs in, you need to do your hurling. Like, sometimes you feel like there's not enough hours in the day. But I can see it going like that. But then, like, there's pros and cons if you want to improve the game etc so i don't know where it's going to be to be honest i don't know where it's going to be called halt at. um mm. but i i like it though i like to train so you know i wouldn't be one to be really complaining about it so yeah i suppose it's the 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 big issue i think is where there's a lack of communication between maybe the county managers and the club setups and, and stuff yeah. like that um you know, I think like you'll see it there they just was when you were with claire like we never really put any major demands on you guys even to turn up a training and stuff like that, you know, and he's like some of the, like the Ulgars there, like when we're looking at their schedules for December, January, February, and it's just frightening. Like there isn't enough days yeah. in the week for them. And it's just, as you say, where, where does it all end? You know? Yeah, I think it's gone crazy, crazy. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, I think it's completely, you know, it's... You must see it with Connor there as well, Angela, do you? Like, is it, like he's playing oh, Fitzgibbon, Juicy yeah. C and playing with Kikini. It's just, yeah. just crazy stuff altogether, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to get a bit of college work done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that's high on the priority list, isn't well, it? Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Who's paying the fees? Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to keep them fed, bottomless yeah. pit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And do you know what, if, if fate had gone away, maybe he could have been playing a Limerick, so you might have got better looked after. It's, it's, it's well, there you are now, never know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just the, the last couple of questions just it's very interesting that you talk about it I really hope it doesn't get to that point I suppose uh, where nearly hurling has gone today I suppose where it's kind of it's a full time full time gig isn't it but um, just very quickly I just wanted to ask you about the 2019 final and not talking about the results because look you, you've talked about the result there and obviously Galway won and that's fine but you made an interesting comment there Katie it was a question that we had down that you kind of felt that you couldn't hurl in the two games before that 
Um, and I suppose look, it's common knowledge like, that they were kind of free-taking competitions, really, and they weren't let flow. And, and you definitely, I suppose, the neutral looking in, you came out the wrong side of it. But result aside, was it refreshing to play in a game that had such a flow in it? And kind of, you just felt that you could go out and two teams could go out and hurl and see who came out on top as opposed to any, I suppose, refereeing influences or anything like that. Uh, definitely, yeah. Um, like, I even found the whole championship last year, any of the games we played was a lot more free-flowing and you'd felt, like, you'd feel sore after the games. There was a lot more physicality. Um, we played Galway in the first round last year as well, up in Athenry, I think it was. Up in Galway somewhere anyway, and geez, that, was, that was some tough match as well. And there wasn't, been, there wasn't a whole lot being blown. Um, and, like, it was weird because the first few minutes you'd be, there was, like, hits going in and you were kind of expecting the whistle to blow because that's what would have happened previous but look obviously the result was hugely disappointing on our own behalf um, but it was great to see Kamogi actually talked about in a good way after the final instead of two years previous they absolutely got deleted and it did no good for anyone whereas this year it was like people could actually show how good they were um, that we train all year, like seven, eight, nine months of the year to perform on the biggest day. And herself and Cork didn't get to show that the two years previous. Whereas, look, like the game was better for, let's say, the wider Komogi in, in general. And hopefully, you know, I know the rules. I don't know what's going to happen with the rules. Are they going to stay in now from the league or what? <laughs> Who knows? Like everyone <laughs> But yeah. anyway, even, even if they're not, I'm, I presume like they're going to continue what they did last year, just just actually letting the hurl. Um, yeah. And like, geez, sure, we're going to be playing in the winter anyway, so the last thing people want is to stop starting the winter because it's going mm. to make a hames and the whole thing. But um, look, last like year was definitely a stepping stone. So please, guys, like we, yeah. we're all athletes. Like everyone from mo- the majority of the teams, like are. So I just it'd be so cool to just see us being let play like that. Mm-hmm. I think like last well, I year, spectacle it was much better. It was, and yeah. it, even I suppose yeah. as a, as a member of the management, Angela, like again, just leaving the result aside because no no one likes yeah. to lose. But there must have been some small bit of a consolation or a satisfaction in the fact that look, both teams were allowed to go in, express themselves, and okay, yeah. came out the wrong side of it, but it was fairly clear cut, and there was no. It didn't yeah, come down yeah. to a free-taking contest. Like. Yeah. Well, three minutes, three minutes before halftime, I think that was our undoing. So that was, you know, it was a great mm. game. And it was a great game, in, yeah. In fairness, in fairness to the girls, they came back within two points of them and, you know, they made, they made a, a game of it, you know, that's mm-hmm. spoken about for all the right reasons as opposed to the two previous years, which were all negative, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 100%. And look, I think last year the referees took it up on themselves. I think... Liz refereed the semi-final between uh, Cork and Galway and kind of let it flow away and, and Ray just took it upon himself to referee the final. I don't think there's any major uh, input from the Camogie Association to that, but hopefully they'll give them a little bit of freedom um, to just to just let the game flow because it is very frustrating. And then you'd see well, in Ashburn isn't, isn't, well. isn't it a pity when you have to be wondering, you know, what referee am I going to have today? What way am I going to be able to play? Yeah. yeah. That's no, it my is. problem. So that, look, that comes to, that that comes to the last question no. then for for you, Angela, and we're conscious now we better, we better wrap it up. But look, like you've played across, you said you don't even remember when you started, but across all the decades, I suppose. Like you've obviously seen huge changes in the game from you know, even from the twelve aside to fifteen aside and all the different things. 
where would you like to see the game going? I suppose being so close to to Katie and the lads and having your son playing in the hurling, like where would you like to see Camogie going? And you know, what what changes would you like to see made to the game? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm disappointed with the audience that we have. That you know how many people view compared to the the ladies' football. I think are leaving us behind a little bit. TG mm. Cahar on board with them. Little you know this serious money being pumped into it and they're reaping the rewards of it you know and it, it's I love watching the football you know mm-hmm. and they're so whether it's it, it, there doesn't seem to be that much of a difference between the junior the intermediate the senior they're all competent they're all willing to to move the ball they're up and down non-stop they're phenomenal athletes and I've seen how hard the Camogie girls train you know and just to let them showcase what they can do you know mm-hmm. they they their training, it's, it's, it's a, I, looked, I looked earlier on at the girls on the WhatsApp, the schedule for um, March, I think it was. And I said, sweet Jesus, this is, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe, and this is March, April, like, you know, that mm-hmm. they really are, they give it 100% and they're in it wholeheartedly, you know, and just let them go and, you know, showcase, express themselves what they're capable of doing, you know. Yeah. Um, the game probably has to say with the association. And go on, let it out. Oh. I do as well. Go on, we start training. Well, I, don't, no, I, won't first. Start, I won't start. I won't start because <laughs> she won't <Yeah>. stop. <laughs> like, the I, big start, one, I might not know where to stop. The most obvious one, and like we, we've gotten a bit of flack for it, is the most obvious one was we felt that the county games should be played now because you're talking about an audience there and like it is difficult because there's only so many sports journalists there's a lot of cutbacks in in journalism and in newspapers and everything like that and if there's a hurling match on and a camogie match on they're going to cover the hurling like it's nothing that's the way it is they get the column inches there's a massive opportunity yeah but at the same time adrian at the end of the day it's only a game you know did you see the documentary on prime time on covid in the hospitals i mean it is absolutely frightening and, mm-hmm. you know, I have Connor coming in there now and he thinks, you know, he's invincible and I'm not going to get it. And even, although, you know, I won't go there again. Um, <laughs> you, know, there's, there's, you know, with him bringing it in, Ted has an underlying condition. I'm not so young myself. You know, they yeah. kind of think they're invincible. And what about it if the, if the season has to go by the board? Yeah. You know, yeah. There's people's health is at stake, you know. Yeah. And that's probably a real chance that, like, even before, Katie, you, you kind of just mentioned it, that if the season goes ahead, like, we're not presuming it's going ahead at the moment. We're playing it yeah. week by week, and we'll get through one week first before we're, we're looking forward. And whatever happens in terms of sport, again, it, it's, it's not the priority at the moment. It, it's mm. the health of, of everyone. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, I suppose yeah, right. Like I, I found myself the last week. You no, know, we've only gone back. I suppose training the last week. Uh, just mentally, uh, the benefits of it are phenomenal. I find my own energy levels yeah. and everything. Have Absolutely, I would agree. I would agree a hundred percent. Which I've seen Connor. He's up the walls. You know, he yeah. can't. You know, there's no this. There's no that. And mm. he's been so used to it. It's all consuming. It takes up. You know. Do I work? What work do I do? I can't, won't be able to train. I won't, if I do that, I won't be able to get up for training. And, you know, um, there's no doubt about it. Being out the fresh air is, you know, that you vent off anything you have to vent off, you know, uh, rather than being cooped up and you can't, you know, you don't know from day to day whether it's going to go ahead or whether it's not going to go ahead. It's mm-hmm. very frustrating that way. And I know people's, 
you know, for people's mental health, it's very, very important to be socialising and, you know, doing the ordinary things that, you know, we all take for granted. But at the same mm. time, it's not the end of the world, you know, if they, no. if they even manage to run the club championship and the county goes by the board. So what, like, you know. Yeah. No, you're dead right. It's like, it's definitely a huge boost to clubs. Like, uh, there was a small bit of Thomastown there now. We had 40 out on Saturday morning. I'd yeah. say there hasn't 40 people played Camogie in Thomastown in 20 years. So yeah, it's just yeah. everyone who's ever picked up a stick is just out and playing and enjoying it and sun is shining and grass is caught and it's like, exactly. it does really Enjoy bring it, it back. You know? it. Yeah. yeah, it brings it back to the enjoyment yeah. of it, you know, it definitely yeah. does. So hmm. there, could be, there could be a good benefit of that. But um, I suppose to give the last question to you, Katie, same as to, as to Angela, I suppose. Look, you've seen the, the photo we have of you out jumping Judah Mull. Um, I'd say the tough day that day, you're doing another one getting torn around the place by Marion Quaid. So it's probably a tough day against Limerick. But um, look, you're one of the more physical and athletic players in the game. So would you like to see it progressing more towards the hurling than, than the game that we have at the moment? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, there's nobody playing Camogie that I'd say no. Um, like, it's, it's gone that way. Like, everyone, even like the last four or five years, is so fit, it's so strong. And I just wish, as Angela said, we could just showcase that. Um, it would improve the publicity then I think would go from there. Like I, I think it would go hand in hand. If people could see how good we are, then the audiences will come from there. Mm. Um, there's no point in saying, oh geez, we need so many people at a match and the match is cash and there's about a million <laughs> trees in it. Like they're not going to want to come and watch no. it then the next day. So mm. yeah, just, just let us showcase how good, good teams are, how good players are. Like, it's sad to think that, like, people mightn't have ever seen Anne Dalton play or, like, Jim O'Connor and Eve Kilkenny. Like, maybe they did the last couple of years in a final mm. or semi-final, but, like, they're players to be remembered for a long time to come. But, you know, just, just let, just, just basically just let us play. Um, and I think from there, everything else will kind of steamroll on then. Mm-hmm. To get the product right, the, the crumbs yeah. will follow. I think so, yeah. All right, guys, if we better wrap it up, we could probably stay at this, uh, we could probably stay at this all even. Um, it's been very, very, very enjoyable. And I think uh, maybe, Anne, if we get you chatting off camera, we could get some great stories, I'd say. But we might get, we might get pulled off the airways fairly quickly as well if we went for them. But, um, guys, thanks so much uh, for supporting it and for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. And best of luck for the year ahead in whatever format that takes. I suppose hopefully we'll get out and feel at some stage anyway. Peace out, and we'll stay healthy, stay safe.